Welcome back once again to Matt and Brett Love Comics, the show where we take our friends who may or may not be comic book readers and show them why we love comic books. This is Matt. Against their will. Against their will? Well, like, these guys are tied up. Oh, wait, right now. guys. I thought you came with rope. I was in the bathroom when you showed up. <laughs> I did this. Um, and, and this is Brett, and I'm not, I'm not a serial killer, but after reading this, I now got a lot of ideas. Oh, After my reading God. This, comic. Uh, this might be the last episode of Matt and Brett yeah, Love Comics. Because I'm going to kill everybody. Just kidding, FBI. Uh, What's wrong with me? I don't know. Uh, you are. You got a wild hair yeah, for your age. We got today. Uh, two awesome guests today. We do. Uh, two fantastic <laughs> guests here to read Lock and Key Volume 1 Welcome to Lovecraft by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Uh, joining us today, uh, very funny, very talented Frank Hale. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, with us as well, uh, Jeremy Bent. Hello. How's it going, guys? Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also also good. Uh, Jeremy and I have been performing together for years. We were on an improv team called Thank You, Robot. Um, Fra uh, Frank and Jeremy also perform on uh, Herald Night on Tuesday nights at the UCB Theater as well on separate teams. Nope. Uh, oh, team. you guys are on the same, the same team now. That's yeah. right. We were on separate teams. We now were, but now we're together on Bucky. With Nicole. Yes. With Nicole. With, With Nicole, Nicole yeah. 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 Who's still uh, missing an action. She fell through a portal. To another dimension. She oh, did. Yeah, and that's why she hasn't mm. been in the last couple episodes. She yeah. comes back just to perform at our shows, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. she has like a giant hourglass over her head. And she it's like does. taking down the But you know what? Minutes. She's such a great performer, you don't even notice it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, Frank, you have a you, you do have like an encyclopedic knowledge of horror. You're a huge horror fan. And in fact, yes. uh, you wore a yeah. Creepshow shirt today in honor of the fact that we are... Uh, we're rapping about Lock and Key. We're rapping about yeah. Joe Hill, who was... I'm, he the, was... I'm the street member of this podcast. <laughs> oh, good. I've yeah. been, I've been wondering, who, which one of us is the street member? <laughs> well, I could tell by the tattoo, so... Yeah. yeah. Sure. Guys, don't mess with me. Continue. Oh, no. I, yeah, I, today <laughs> I chose... I, I was saying earlier that I, I felt I could be this geeky here. I'm in a safe environment. I am wearing my creep You're show. You're safe. This yeah. is a safe I, environment. I'm wearing my creep show shirt, uh, which, uh, as you know, is Stephen King, George Romero... Um, mm -hmm. And the young boy who is reading the comic books is actually Joe Hill. Yeah. In the movie. That uh, is Stephen King's son. Yeah, for those not aware, Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Yep. How, why did, is King not Also, Stephen act? King's wife's son, okay. Tabitha well, King's son. What has she okay. done? What has yeah. she done? Make a cookbook? Did, is his Tab middle name? Does Tabitha King have a long hey, history of horror oh, projects? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why is his last name not King? Was he like? Was, I, think I don't he, want. I think he intentionally yeah. switched it so, to his, so he he would not be associated with yeah. his father when he started writing. Because obviously, like that's like if your last name is Hemingway and you decide yeah. to become an author. And and also, if you're going to be doing horror, yeah, yeah, yeah specifically, like, yeah. Like you guys remember when Tal Bachman came out with She's So High? Everyone yeah, was like, "Oh, like, you're Richard Bachman's son." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exactly. not as good as BTO. Yeah. I, uh, Jake. Well, everyone's disappointed by Jacob Dylan, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's like, the wallflowers are good, but they're not as good as Bob Dylan. One yeah. headlight is great. The wallflowers are good. Right? But, <laughs> look, you know, sometimes you just can't live up to your father's legacy. You can't. Yeah. yeah I should it's, know. Why, why, are you, why are you trying to, though? It's yeah. called the Estevez effect. The yeah, Estevez, yeah. The Estevez effect. Yeah, oh, yeah, it is the Estevez effect. Yeah. He didn't want to be no sheen. No. Yeah. Uh, well, my dad's Kenneth Branagh, so <laughs> wow, I'm never gonna live up to that. Yeah, your, your hair lives up to Kenneth Branagh's hair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Wait, uh, my actually... dad is Kenneth Branagh. Whoa. Whoa. What? 
My boyfriend is Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh's attractive. He's a good-looking gentleman. Um, Frank, what? First, just do it. Frank, one of the things that I like. Problem tonight. Frank, one of the things that I really like about your performances is that your characters are always, whenever you're on stage, and even when you write, uh, there's always a sense of fun about what you're doing or how you're playing. Like, you're not someone that's... There are a lot of people, even in films, that it's it's tough to watch because it seems like they're straining so hard to try and do anything, and you always seem like you're having a good time, and it's infectious. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if that's Jeremy. Is that true? I, I think so. Great. I was when I found out I was going to be placed on a team. I was very excited. Great. Yeah. I feel like it'll be a good time to be on a team with Frank Hill. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I thought you were going to say because uh, one of the criticisms I heard is like, how many times are you going to do Orson Welles on stage? <laughs> no. No. I, I'll yeah. never get sick of that. What yeah. What is your? But I guess what I'm getting at is what What's your approach? What's your approach to comedy? What's your approach to writing and performing? Well, I mean, you. I mean, you spent so much money and so much time dedicated to this art form that, like, I mean, it's supposed to make people laugh. That's yeah. that's the core of it. It's supposed to make people laugh and have fun. And I think, I think it gets lost where people get like very caught up in the uh, the business of it all, and like also just being like, oh, it's hard. I have to spend so much time to like really make it good, really make it good. It's like, yeah. yeah but at the same time, if you're not having fun doing it, then like the fuck I'll go work you know I'll go yeah. work at an office like I don't like I, I do take it extremely seriously I spend a lot of time doing the this but like at the same time it's like I find that it's better to have fun doing it because it comes across and it is it's the audience sees it and it's just it is infectious yeah but at the same time there should be uh, especially with characters there should be a core of it I think Don Finelli had this great example of uh, character work uh, that we talked about the other night about like he said that when you're doing character work in improv, it's not Looney Tunes. It's like, you can't be Daffy Duck shooting his head off. Like, nobody gives a shit when Daffy Duck does that. There's no emotional it's, resonance There's no to emotional that. resonance. It's, yeah, it should true. be more of Pixar, because, like, if Woody yeah. were to put a gun to his face and blow his head off, you'd definitely give a shit about I would that. ball. I would cry, cry, cry. They almost cry, did cry. that in the third one. Right, right, right. right. They did everything but that. But then, you know, like, but I, I, thought that, yeah. I thought that example was really great, and I agree with that. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, have fun doing it. It's like most often when I coach or like I direct or whatever, I'm like, what's fun about this? Like, yeah, definitely bring that out. Do yeah. more of that. Yeah. Uh, that but, speaks, that's, that's true about every art form. There are definitely, especially when you get into like mainstream superhero comics, you can see where it's like work for hire stuff. Yeah. Whereas people just, I have to write, I have to write Batman because I have to write Batman because I need to pay the bills. And yeah. that's different from a guy like Scott Snyder who's the like, I have my the Batman bat bills, yeah. story and I gotta tell it. Like, it, it's different. Um, that being said, I mean, like, I love like uh, like stuff like this, like Lock and Key and like, uh, I, my favorite shows are usually dramas, you know, and then like yeah. the same thing with like, even like my real life is a little bit not, that is fun, but like, yeah, but with comedy, it's like, yeah, it's supposed to be, it's comedy. Well, yeah. I think too, what we, you know, you bring up you bring up lock and key and, and horror stuff. I think that when the horror is really good and the comedy is really like, especially with comedy, yeah, when the fun comes through, that's part of the passion, and you you see that. Well, because that's my favorite genres. I mean, horror comedy. My favorite movies of all time are Ghostbusters and Gremlins. Yeah, like to me, <laughs> those are like pitch perfect, and the fact that they got both of those aspects right. Yeah, and they have fun doing it. Oh yeah, and I think that I think maybe. 
now that I realize saying it out loud, maybe that's like what you were saying about like just like keeping it fun and stuff. It's like yeah, it's those are the the aspects of what makes those movies so great. The same with Creepshow and like um, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, like those like movies I absolutely love because and Shaun of the Dead. It's like because they take those genres and they do it lovingly it's not that they have to do it out of um necessity or like they're, they, not, they're not putting a hard hat on to yeah, go to in do and do it these it's scenes. like because they love those are love letters to the genre yeah. those are yeah. very, those are all very despite their scary moments are very joyous films exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry i talked a lot no <laughs> yes yeah. No, that's a, that's yeah. exactly where we're. Like, the, this show is all talking. So yeah. uh, but, uh, if you would have slowly undressed during, I, mean, I have it, it a slideshow going on right now that no one can see. And yeah, it's a shame. It's wasted. Yeah. It's very it's well curated, but, uh, incredibly erotic. <laughs> but to give credit where credit's due, uh, like Jeremy was the one who uh, got who recommended this to me. Yeah, in the I, first place, I read it and I was like, of all the people I know, and I've <laughs> only been on a team with Frank for a few months, but I was like, but I you feel know like, me longer than that. Yeah, I've known you for a while, but I feel like we've become closer to being on a team together. Right. Just because we see each other more often. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I was just like, I read it, and immediately I was like, I, I know Matt has probably read this, or at least knows what it is. Frank might not know, and I feel, I just feel like he would love this comic yeah. book. Uh, yeah. It's horror, it's like, it's smart and funny, and it's also like coming of age at the same mm-hmm. time, and it's yeah. just like, it's one of those perfect storm kind of things. Why did yeah. you pick it up? Where did where did you first encounter? Why did I pick it up? Um, I don't remember what made me pick it. Did up. Did it just appear in your hand one didn't morning? You get, no. Did you get it at Comic Con a couple of years no, ago? Um, I didn't. I, I hadn't read it at all until a few months ago. I think just one of my friends was just like, uh, possibly one of my, fr- uh, uh, you know who it might be. Brett knows this guy, Justin Ackman. Oh yeah, Justin. Justin's I great. I think it might be Justin, who I was that in a, a sketch group in college with. And it's really kind yeah. of... The, I read comics on and off growing up. There wasn't really a great comic store in my hometown. Uh, and I always liked the idea of comics. Oh, yeah. But I never really got into collecting them. And you grew up in Rhode Island. Yes. Uh, huge state. A lot of comic fans there. <laughs> I find that incredibly surprising that you weren't... Like, you didn't collect comic books, like... I had a comic book collection, but yeah. it was not bagged and boarded. Although, yeah. actually, now that I think about it, I have, <laughs> I have ba- <laughs> none of. I have tons of comics in my parents' basement. None of them are bagged and boarded, except for I think I have two copies of X Men twenty ninety nine. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, blue foil stamp. Blue cover. foil yeah, stamp. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because that's a comic that came out when I was like twelve, uh, and then I have. I think I have like four bagged and boarded copies of Trencher. Trench? Oh, oh, the Keith Giffen image book. Yeah. Uh, just because a comic shop near me had a bunch of copies of it, and I really liked that comic book. I liked. I really liked the art. Yeah, he he drew that in like a really really detailed crazy it's style. It's a very cartoony kind of weird style, and I I have them somewhere. If people are interested, <laughs> yeah, I'll mail them to you. But I'll, you gotta mail them back. I'll dig them up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, when I was in college, I, I started reading a lot more comics because of Justin Acklin. He yeah, was a big comics. Justin, you'll, you, if you ever read Toy Fair magazine, Justin was the editor over Justin there. Justin was oh, uh, wow. the editor. Twisted Toy Fair Theater was pretty much his... It started color. before he got there, yeah, but, but like, he, he made, he made it, it really yeah. good. Uh, and he currently works, uh, he currently just writes for Dark Horse Comics. Um, yeah, he also got some stuff in development. Does there. he work for Hasbro now? Yeah, he's he. Well, he works for <laughs> this is the Justin Ackland podcast. Yeah, yes, yeah. listen to this one now. Yeah, Justin, you got to listen to it. He works for Hunter now. PR, which handles Hasbro's handles, publicity. I, I knew it was something right. Like that. Yeah, 
Uh, but he was a huge comics fan, yeah. and he kind of introduced me to the really good comic stores in Boston, which is where I went to college. Uh, there's a comic store there called Comicopia, which is really good. Um, there's a comic store uh, over by Harvard called Millionaire Picnic, which is really good. You need to go to these. There's, of course, Newberry Comics, yeah. in, in, which started on Newberry Street in Boston. Um, it's just like, there's a good... And New England Comics is all over Boston. There's a lot of yeah. good comic stores in Boston. And I, he sort of got me into the Ultimate line just as it was starting. I have oh, yeah. all of, I have the first hundred issues of Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, in single? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. It's uh, a good run to have. I have yeah. I mean, they're not bagged and boarded. They're all a mess. <laughs> no, no you, you don't deserve those. Uh, <laughs> Brent's coming over to take them. But I got really into, I was always a big Alan Moore fan. I love Watchmen. Um... But he got me into comics right when Alan Moore was starting all his ABC stuff. Okay. Yeah. America's Best Comics. And, like, those I thought were so... I was really into Top Ten. Top Ten is great. Um, I was going to bring that over for you. I forgot to bring it. Oh, I haven't read any of them. It's, I haven't read any of them. Oh, Top Ten is so good. Um, Tom Strong is good, but got weird so fast. Um, Alan Moore got weird? The, the, like, this is weird <laughs> even for Alan Moore. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the man has a has not met a weird ring claw that he doesn't like. Yeah, <laughs> he only wears weird ring claws. Yeah, I feel like if you were a door to door ring claw salesman <laughs> and like snake bracelets, if those were the only yeah. two things wow. you sold, you would just you go could to just, house. You could just live jackpot. in that town yeah. well, in England like, and never have to live on the bottom of that weird hill. Because I feel like he lives in a cottage at the top of a weird hill. Yeah, he probably right. lives yeah. in a flo- on like a floating island that you have to climb yeah. a rope <laughs> or a, a, no, a greasy no, no, chain. No, 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 no. There's, you've got to answer riddles. <laughs> There's a lot of... Uh, yeah. I, I love Alan Moore, but he is definitely like a... You can tell he used to be an English teacher. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, he, he definitely appeals to like the word nerd in, in a kind yeah. like have you ever seen a script of an Alan Moore comic oh, book oh they're crazy they're, oh yeah they're yeah, I've epic heard in oh and BT Dub he used to thumbnail all of the books like when he wrote a Violator Jeez. miniseries for Todd McFarlane in the 90s they Violator. not only showed parts of the script but also showed the thumbnails that he did himself before sending like, along with the script to Bart Sears <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of yeah. That's the kind of writer I will never be. Yeah, but I so I guess since then I I don't read comics regularly, but I do. I I think the monthly grind, like like what Brett was saying earlier, like the work for hire stuff, it just bores me to tears. It can be great, but like when you read the great stuff, when you yeah, that's my thing. It's like when you read stuff by artists who are like really excited to like. I maintain that the Dan Slott She Hulk series. One of the best series it's of the past ten years. So good, but it's, also like, yeah, Dan Dan Slott is the kind of guy who just loves superhero comics. He cares about comics, yeah. and it's like they're so funny and so good. Yeah. Uh, but I also like offbeat non superhero stuff. I'm Which a big is 100 percent what Lock and Key. Is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm a big Doug Tenaple fan. Yeah. He he makes the weirdest comics under the sun, and they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you bring up you know, sort of Alan Moore being a wordsmith and things like that, because one of the things that I love about watching you perform as well and, and your writing is that you're... Yeah, I said it earlier, but you are literally one of the smartest people I've ever been this on stage is, this with. This is bad for my ego. It has no... It, <laughs> I'm going to leave And I'm, room, I'm right? not saying that, like, you're... I'm not saying, like, you're the smartest man alive, but, I mean, I've never been on stage with someone who is able... who's able to respond to any fact, any... 
any pretty much anything that is said, you are able to handle it and uh, and in uh, give something back to it. I almost got a business card made once that said Jeremy Bent, a comedian who can do math. Uh, let me preface this by saying I am not uh, a regular comic book reader. Haven't been since I was in uh, high school, early high school. So I, I just take recommendations when people highly recommend yeah. something. So Jeremy recommended this to me, and I was extremely grateful because it's very rare that I read comics, except yeah. for Jughead. But uh, <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. But since Jughead's Frank Miller took that over, it's been really, it's yeah. been really. Nobody great. reads yeah. Jughead; they enjoy <laughs> Jughead. Um, well, except now that Frank Miller's doing it, now they just experience so, Jughead. Yeah, he's really done something really cool with the character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's jump into Lock and Key here. Yeah. So we read Volume 1, Welcome to Lovecraft. And Lovecraft is not an actual city in Massachusetts. It is no. not. P.S. It is not an island on the edge of Massachusetts. But there, what? Are there, I know, it's hard to believe. <sighs> I, we ruined the story I, for you. I can't talk about this. There are, however, a lot of sort of weird, tiny, islandish, coastal towns yeah. in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Uh, I mentioned Rhode Island not just because I'm from there, but because H.P. Lovecraft wrote many of his stories in Rhode Island. In Rhode Island, oh, wow. indeed. Uh, he's buried in Rhode Island. Um, and there are a lot of creepy old houses in New England. Yeah. So Lock and Key is the story of a family. Mm-hmm. The... Oh, God damn it! I just blanked on the name of the family. The, uh, the Lock the family. The Lock family. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I freaked out. <laughs> no, no, I was doing no, too many things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Lock and Key is the story of the Lock family. Who is uh, the father of the family? Rendell was uh, was Rendell grew up in Massachusetts yeah. in the Lock House. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of backstory and like a world building in this that Joe Hill expertly like spreads across all six issues. Yes, um, and even further than that. Yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. Uh, uh, we are only examining uh, Volume 1, the first six issues of Lock yeah. and Key. I have read all the way up to the current 30th issue. Yeah. Uh, and the fifth trade um, is almost all flashbacks. Uh, oh, wow. Most of it being flashbacks to Rendell Locke uh, being, living at this house in the 80s with all of his teenage friends. Ooh. And almost everything he does is highly relevant to what happens Amazing! Yeah, exciting. Uh, it's uh, if after reading like twenty-four issues of like crazy things happening in this house, and then to get six straight issues of just flashbacks, it is awesome. Awesome! It's, you nice. know the characters so well, and it's uh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, and and these characters, uh, great characters. The entire family is at their summer home at the beginning of the story. Uh, we have uh, the oldest, Ty, who's an eighteen-year-old, and is. As douchey as every eighteen-year-old is, yeah. Uh, we also have the the middle daughter, Kinsey. Kinsey. She's fifteen, somewhere around yeah. there, right? Do they say it specifically? I think she said they say she's fifteen. <laughs> okay, I believe it's fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a she is a uh, what would you say her politi- her polit- her her politics are reggae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I basically would have been in love with her in high school. Absolutely, yeah, so, yeah, like, without a doubt. Like, like, I, she would have been, she would have been like letters to Cleo, the breeders. Like. I yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have been absolutely gaga. There, it's great because in later issues, you know, you see these teens at school, and she has Kinsey specifically has friends that are clearly, I feel like, stand-ins 
for every teenage comic book fan. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. great. Well, she even undergoes um, three different looks in this scene, just the six issues. Yeah. Yes. Um, which we can get to Identi- later Identity in Kinsey is a big yeah. uh, theme. For which is makes sense. for a 15-year-old yeah. of any gender. Well, makes sense for someone named Kinsey oh, yeah. which to be discussing their identity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's something that in the second trade that's really not touching but just like kind of like oh it's like yeah there's uh, throughout the series there's I mean one of the strengths of the series is the fact that it deals with with kids like teenagers specifically Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and the way Joe Hill handles a lot of those teenage moments outside of the fact that there's a lot of supernatural elements uh, he handles them so realistically that uh, that's part of what's so charming yeah and of course we have the the last child as well Bodhi Mm -hmm. Bodhi um, who is the youngest, and I believe he's eight? He's eight or nine. He's eight or yeah. nine years old. Like so that. these children are at their summer home with their father, Rendell, and their mother, Nina, at the very beginning of the story, and one of Ty's classmates named Sam Lesser and his friend Al show up and yeah. uh, murder they are, Rendell dad. Locke. Bit of a spoiler, but this happens almost immediately. Almost yeah. immediately. Yeah. Uh... It's, 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 yeah. Also, the first issue is done, it's not told linearly. It keeps flashing back and forth between, uh, like, the funeral and then back. Because I, for a while, I thought the mother was dead as well. Until, in an amazing splash page, she axes one of the, uh, murderers in the back of the head. Yeah, she gets an Yeah, which, at that, at that time, I was like, I thought she was dead. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because uh, there's a very disturbing, uh, panel... With like, after Al had done, kind of done his thing, and yeah, we'll go we'll go back to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that yeah. Right there. Oh. No, no, one more. I can't. I can't deal with that. Terrible. I can't deal with that. They and they get into that later in the series. Yeah. Oh wait, is he? Oh wait, his pants are undone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not notice that. Yeah, he, he yeah. did that. Uh, yeah, that. So apparently yeah. he rapes the mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's great. Can't wait to read that. Well, that makes. Uh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Whenever they bring up the uh, the panties and stuff that he mentions later, offhandedly in a flashback, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Al discusses that he works at a car wash that Nina comes to, and she always gets out of the car and flashes her panties at him on purpose. Uh, <sighs> Ugh, yeah, no, I just, yeah, it makes it extra disgusting. It yeah. does, yeah. but you know, what, like it's it's. I mean, that reminds me a lot of like. I mean, that's kind of Joe Hill uh, channeling a little bit of his father. Yeah. Life. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I totally like, agree because a lot of that like kind of like reminds me of like Stephen King like type stuff. I it, like I, I know they made a TV pilot for this, but I yeah. like to think of like for some reason like the first Pet Cemetery comes to mind when I was reading this, just like in tone of just that kind of like very like haunting unsettled like it's just like kind of not makes you feel disgusting in the way that like texas chainsaw the original one makes you feel but like in a way that's like kind of just like that surface filth of just like jesus christ yeah heavy yeah yeah Um, Yeah. and i thought that i i liked i liked the violence the violence in this story i think is ratcheted up appropriately sort of in the same way and you know i don't want to be comparing too much but you know, sort of the way that Stephen King also is like, and you know, good horror writers say, okay, we're going in, we're going to the bad place in this story. Yeah. yeah. How bad can we make this? 
I think it's uh, you read uh, the criminal a criminal series. Yeah, uh, uh, read yeah, the, the first Brubaker. like four or five. Yeah, those that I think it's in similar in that. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm way off because, like I said, I don't read much of anything. But like Kevin Hines had actually uh, recommended that to me, and I felt like it kind of handles violence in the same way, which is like ultra real, but then like yeah. kind of like it does it in a way that's like very I don't want to say responsible, but just like it, it, it's. I don't know what I'm trying well, to say. Well, there's yeah. no... It's yeah. not... It's not, not well, gratuitous. It's, yeah, it's, not gratu- yeah. it's never gratuitous. It's never glamorous. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, and also, I feel like it kind of... I'm trying to think... Like, I feel like it opens up with the worst possible stuff. Like, yeah. nothing mm-hmm. in the series, as, like, dark and intense as it gets, nothing compares to the first issue. Uh, I think. Not yet. Not, okay, well... Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. boy. Um, because the first issue is just dis- disturbing. It's and very harrowing. Uh, um... Also, wait, can you go back to that page where you were on? Yeah. He, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez, um, I love, uh, this is another thing I like about Lock and Key. It's like Transmet, where it's a long series, but you get the same artists. So oh, yeah. It feels so consistent. Yeah. yeah. He loves this move the... of, like, three panels. Oh, yeah. Where they all Three like panels, the same. same framing, same position, <laughs> but, like, three different points. It's a bunch in the first issue. Yeah, yeah and... Well, also, like, this is, is... Was this Joe Hill's first comic book? I believe so. Because so. the way that he plays with the, the form uh, and symbolism of it just really, like, struck me. In the very first page, like, when you first meet Ty, and he's talking about all the places he would rather be. That's, that's, and he's, the, that's the first time And he's he looking in, yeah. in the pool, in the, in, the, in the pond, with his reflection, and you see him taking on the guises of, like, his cousins, or his, like, friend and his cousin or whatever. Yeah. Uh, places he would rather be. And then a couple pages later, when you're at the funeral, you have those characters come and talk to him. Which is one long extended sequence of the same... Yeah, same, the same, same shot, like, if and you will. It, it was, it was, that's a really, it was a really cool touch. Uh, it was really subtle. I mean, like, Joe Hill fuck, is a natural. <laughs> like, yeah, he really the, the understands thought. pacing yeah. and he well, really... Because oh. even first... Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon on, on Astonishing X-Men, amazing, but Joss, it took Joss Whedon a long time to figure out the pacing of comic books, Indeed. whereas it feels like Joe Hill... The first issue of Lock and Key is paced like a... I was about to say motherfucker. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. No, you can. Paced I've like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's paced like a motherfucker. It's it moves so quickly, but yeah. it never feels like it's rushing. No, yeah, but it yeah. gets so much action out and character stuff out at the same time. And you never feel lost. You never feel like you're blowing by stuff. Yep. It, it's it's really great because you he could have just ordered this whole thing. <clears throat> In a linear way, and it still would have yeah. been good. Well, and also even like this, the first issue could have been, and other writers would have been the first two issues, maybe or two or three yeah, issues. Right. Um, of lesser writers, I feel would have a whole issue about like the lead up to them coming to kill them. Yeah. A whole issue about the fight to them, and then the third yes. issue would be the funeral. Yeah. But in that first issue, we wind up getting the funeral. We we have all of with the inciting incident <clears throat> jumps everything off. So Duncan. Which was Rendell's brother, Younger brother, uh, who's about the same distance between uh, with Ty and Bodie. It's about, about the yeah. same age relationship yeah. with uh, with Rendell and Duncan. Uh, yeah, so Duncan takes Duncan takes the remaining members of the family in from San Francisco. They head back to Lovecraft, Massachusetts, um, and this was after, by the way, Ty helped stop Sam 
from yeah. murdering everyone. He takes him into the... Ba- he hides yeah. in the basement. Yeah. And Ty beats Sam unconscious with a brick. Yeah. Uh, rearranges his face. Yeah, messes Because it up Sam's bad. face is rearranged for... Like, it is... Yeah. There are stitches and scars scarred, yeah. for the rest of the series. And we we jump from there very quickly to to Lovecraft, Massachusetts and the lock house. The key house. The, the key house. Right. And, again, the pacing there doesn't... It doesn't make it feel jarring. It doesn't feel like it's going too fast. No. But by the time we get to Bodie discovering the black key on accident, we yeah. also we also uh, learn in a flashback with Ty that uh, his father said if, if anything ever happened, that that is the place that they should go. Right. That's the yeah. safest place for them to be, uh, which is unusual okay. considering what happens in the series. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, that's what I... I was a little confused by that. Uh, I mean, I've only, like I said, I've only read up to the second trade, but even then, it was like, if he said like that was one of the things. Even just reading that first, this first trade of being like, yeah, we said that'll be the safest place you go, but then yeah. it's like I see nothing about this that lends yeah. itself to being safe. And then like when we find out more about the house and its history, it's like, why did he say that? Uh, yeah. It's God. It's re- rereading this first. Uh, trade after having read up through the fifth trade, it's like I'm. A, there's so many touches that I'm like I'm yeah. amazed that this. It's, well, he had it so complete in his mind. Then there's something about lock and key, which coming from, I mean, like I knowing a lot about the comic book industry, I want to know more about the behind the scenes production of this comic book because IDW as a company is only known for their licensed properties. Like, the only thing that IEW has a sure bet on is, like, they got the G.I. Joe books, the Transformer books, the Doctor Who books, the Star Trek books, sure. the Turtle books. They got those. And they have Lock and Key. Uh, and the thing is, like, with Lock and Key and the way the market is, if it isn't a licensed property or, like, Superman or Spider-Man or the X-Men, you can't bank on having a long-running series. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that this miniseries ends, which was by, you know, he's Stephen King's son, but still unknown writer. Yeah. Uh, well, he, and, like, well, he novels, totally... So. Oh, he, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah he had but it's also, also um, like, a premise that no one ever had ever heard of. No. Just like the fact that by the sixth issue, they're like, yeah, we're coming back and we're doing a second one. Also, in the first issue, it's like, so a father's going to get murdered. Uh, yeah. A, a mother's going to get raped. Uh, a serial killer will have an axe put through his head. It's like, yeah. Who? What? Where are we going to sell yeah, this? Yeah. You want to do a rejected pitches for this? Yeah. Right, wait, yeah. wait, guys. It ends with a small child having an out of body experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. While his body slowly dies in the room just yeah. outside the door, he stepped through. Yeah. Think, uh, I think. I mean, I, I like to think. I mean, this is all speculation. <laughs> yeah, like us being kind of like, if we want to be kind of nerdy about it, I, I like to think that he pitched a full idea. Like a, he had it mapped out. Oh yeah. Having, you know, read up to the point where I am, there's no way he didn't have this whole yeah, story in his mind. I, he yeah. had, had to have. And it feels that way, to. even yeah. in this first volume. It very much feels... every Again, everything has a purpose. There's no, there's nothing gratuitous in this yeah. series. Uh, so far. So there's none of this J.J. Abrams garbage where it's like, we'll figure it out down the road. Yeah. Right, no right. yeah. That's always frustrating to me with any storytelling. Like, I understand, <clears throat> I understand the idea of pushing forward and figuring it out, but... Sometimes there are things that are so big that you do need to have a little bit of a road. Well, and it's rewarding, too. Like in issue three, when the gym teacher of the new school... So we're in Key House. Yeah, 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 we are. We're in Key House. Kids are in school now in Lovecraft, Massachusetts. She notices the bracelet that um, Kinsey is wearing, 
And it's like, oh, yeah, your father used to wear that or whatever. Your father wore that in a production of a play. Well, and you see the her picture, open yeah. the yearbook and he's wearing uh, it. Yeah. And then the fact that that comes into play in issue six. It's like, it's rewarding to see things pay off like that. Yeah, that comes into play in issue uh, 29. Wow. So it's still around. And that's, and again, like, if you don't have at least a road map laid down, I feel like a lot of times you, you miss the toys, you miss the toys you put down. Yeah, just yeah. the other ones. Yeah, uh, issue two starts off with um, a oh, what God. I did this summer, <laughs> a classic classic homework assignment, elementary yeah, school homework that, assignment that uh, Bodie does. Except his summer was a little bit more intense than everyone else's yeah, yeah, summers. Uh, By the way, guys, Bodie, great colorist. Oh yeah, uh, oh, you know, you want some watercolor looking stuff on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 there are some later issues where uh, Gabriel gets a little experimental, or or does a style that fits the action of the. Uh, of the the issue. Oh wow! And there is a I don't want to spoil the the issue, but there is a a Bill Watterson tribute. Oh wow! Uh, and it is done very very well. Oh man! Wow! I want to like shut the so, kid. Yeah. I want to shut the mic off and go read that right <laughs> yeah. now. It's an issue you from power, power through to that issue. It's yeah, an issue yeah. from a strong Bodie perspective, and it uh, is there's a lot of sort of Calvin That's... and Hobbes tributes in there, and it's it's the art is done so well in that it's issue. Great. Well, also, is issue two kind of the Bodhi issue? Like, they do this thing well, with the each, one that I liked, where, like, each issue the kind first, of narrows the in. The first issue is kind of the, the tie issue. Yeah. The second issue is the Bodhi issue. The third issue is, like, your Kinsey issue. And then four is uh, the Sam issue. Sam issue. Yeah. yeah, which we'll get to, but, the like, Sam, yeah. The character of Sam, I, I can't even... Yeah, but I love... I'll tell you, too, Joe Hill does a really great job of giving everyone a distinct voice yeah. in yeah. this series. Even Bodhi, I feel like... Maybe I read the wrong comics, but I feel like very often people have trouble writing children. It does not yeah. seem like Joe Hill had a problem writing Bodie at all. I really like this boy. Uh, oh, why? I just listened to. I it's just only weird if you're says. drawing attention to it. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we weren't going to think about it until you said. Uh, oh, we're I really like about boy. liking this boy. Great, uh, Joe uh, or Gabrielle does a great. Uh, job on the facial expressions, like of yeah. everybody, but especially with Bodhi. Yeah, he, he plays a lot with his his child. He gives him the puppy that, dog eyes. Yeah. Well, that yeah. makes sense though too, because you know a child. You look, a teen is going to like just like tie is just going to his jaw is clenched the, the whole, entire yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. And Kinsey, you know, Kinsey's going through a lot of stuff, but yeah. she's trying not I, to show people. Bodhi is just. Uh, emotions on his sleeve, and Gabriel I mean, Rodriguez does a really great job of just showing everything that's in his brain. Not to jump ahead to the Kinsey issue, but in issue two, we see that Kinsey has adopted a new look, which she explains in her issue in the third one, where she's like taking all of the dreads out and she's taking all the piercings out. And, and I like that in the third one, they go, they show, they let her give her justification as to why she did that, and they present it. She presents it as if that was the correct thing to do. Uh, and she's then, basically like, I want to like, I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want to. That's, I that's just the past. Blend in. And and Joe Hill writes it as if like, yeah, she was right by doing that, which we know she wasn't. But it's really cool to have a character presenting their obviously wrong point of view as if it's the right point of view because that's what human beings yeah. do, especially yeah. teenagers. Yeah, you know, I, it's it's something that I, it's a comedy note that I, I give very often that um, every character that you're going to play on stage 
should feel like they're right no matter what they're saying. Yeah. Even yeah. if they're saying crazy shit. Because everything that they do, everything that you do in real life, and everything that every character does or yeah. says, they say because they think it's the right thing to do. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm reading The Left Hand of Darkness right yeah. now by Ursula Le Guin. Uh, and there's a great moment in it where, not to get too deep into Left Hand of Darkness, but a character is trying <laughs> to prove... Uh, that they have a device that is connected to an intergalactic uh, relay of uh, of solar system of, of planets uh, to this one planet he's on that think he is a crazy person, uh, and so they're like ask a, they're like ask a question in your box, which is a machine that can you know communicate uh, with these planets. Uh, ask a question in your box, uh, and this crazy king on this planet says, uh, "Ask your machine to tell me what a traitor is." Uh, and the guy's like, oh, God, okay, and, like, puts it in. And the response he gets back is that uh, it's just like, uh, well, I don't know. I, I can't answer that for you. Uh, no man thinks he is a traitor. And I was like, that's a total... Oh, wow, yeah. No, no villain believes they're a villain. No traitor yeah. believes they're a, tra- they're right. a traitor. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's important, and that's the type of stuff that... That's the type of stuff that we get here, especially when Bodhi sort of discovers the well house. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And how, a yeah. Panel. we learn about the echo so in the well. And it seems uh, it seems innocent enough when he first arrives, but like any horror yeah. story, you know it's yeah. not going yeah, to be. I, well. I love that panel. What page is that? That's uh, uh it's issue, it's towards the end of issue, issue two. two. Yeah. Uh, that, so, so Bodhi starts communicating with this entity that calls himself his Echo, which yeah. is at the bottom of this well outside the house that they live in. And you kind of have a feeling right away that this Echo is not a kind entity, yeah. despite it being because very charming. You're reading a series that in the first issue had a raped mother and a murdered father. Yeah. yeah. So you know an Echo, probably not a good thing. Be. Right. <laughs> but, it's uh, page 59 of the first trade, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's a killer moment where uh, Bodhi, uh, you know, as if he were playing with an imaginary friend, gives the, the, the Echo a gift. It had asked for a mirror to see herself and scissors to cut its hair. And we see the entity in the mirror. And it's, that, I, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh man, like I was, I was scared. Yeah, it's yeah. so well shaded. The, yeah. the image in the mirror is yeah. a completely different art style. It's the eyes. It's, Oh yeah, the eyes are really like yeah. There's nothing in them, and that's what's scary. Yeah, it's a very precise. Yeah, I, I love it. That's great. That's terrifying. And yeah. then we learn soon after this that this entity is in contact with with Sam Lesser, who who killed the father of the end. Uh, is the reason why? Yeah, he, is the reason why Sam embarked on this in at the first place, and we realized Sam, who we thought was going to be the villain of this whole thing, is a is a pawn. Yeah. yeah, who seemed like such a malevolent character yeah. is actually just just a puppet for this even more terrifying entity. And yeah. and and it's Sam is a really tragic character in this story. I never I never fully felt for him, but when you find out, we find out later that he's that he's very intelligent, and very smart, and had a horrible Terrible upbringing, life. and it's it's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. It's well when when we get to it I'll I'll bring it up again but yeah yeah what a but now we're in the we're in the third issue is the Kinsey issue and we're basically seeing the high school we also get to see uh, Sam break out using yeah, in a because terrifying fashion the Echo transports the 
uh, the scissors and mirror through water or th- into There's, Sam's cell. Um, it's this is not really mythology. a spoiler, but yeah. uh, mythology of the world. The wellhouse. There's a key that that matches to the wellhouse. Yeah. And, uh, if you are an entity of the well, you have you have power over wells and echoes. So like that's how this entity mm. is able to communicate with Sam, it, and like he, he uses his prison toilet as a makeshift well, and that's how the the entity. Yeah, is that makes sense. To, so Sam stabs the security guard with the scissors. And by the way, face. look at Sam's face as he's doing it. Ugh. This is something that I oh. noticed throughout the entire series. Like again, the the emotions. Whenever Sam seems to be enacting violence on people, he is so stone-faced. He's out of it. He's yeah, when he yeah. does it, like, he is, like, he's possessed. Like, he's out of his own body. Um, it's just great panel, like, later on. Oh, that, on the yeah, bus. That, oh, on the yeah. Bus, that's just, yeah, that's the same kind of... He becomes a full-on serial killer. <laughs> he does. He kills yeah. so many people in this. Well, you yeah. gotta remember, before he even goes to prison, he's already killed, like, four or five people. Yeah. Right, uh, but we're we're joining with Kinsey, who is like running on track. I was uh, glad because I was glad that we got this Kinsey issue too, because I felt like even though I felt like we at this point knew the least about Kinsey yeah. of all of the children, and I really wanted to learn more about this character. Yeah, and she ends up being such a great character in the in, series and this issue well, really sells her I think. I, this this issue is the only one that has the most of a happy ending I think yeah, uh, yeah. because she meets this girl she outruns this girl on the track team and the the girl is like impressed and like wants to like hey do you want to go running like let's be let's be friends and she's fine I was like no I don't I don't want to no sorry busy no thank you I like I like too how Gabriel Rodriguez takes that situation like if you f- flip back a little bit uh, one more. Like, even during the race, while they're racing, he draws them in such... Like, even in the panels themselves, draws these two characters in such close quarters, but the instant that this girl tries to reach out to Kinsey, immediately there's a distance. Yeah. There's a there's a huge distance between the characters yeah. on panel. Yeah. And you see Kinsey even almost physically shrink in the panel. Yeah, to get away. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. But it's but she goes through. By the end of the issue, she has found a, found a happy medium. Not a happy medium, but she's found like a medium between the new straight lace look that she has and the original look that she had in the first issue. And the like, what the last panel is her going to uh, visit, going to the girl's house. Oh, but we, we we've skipped. Yeah, over. I know. I, I just wanted to get yeah. to that point of like how it's a happy ending. Uh, but she gets there by they find out Sam's escaped from prison. She and her mom sort of be like, "Oh, he'll he's he's a three thousand miles away. He'll never come here." And we've got police outside the house. But um, Kinsey obviously is afraid. Yeah. And so she and um, there's part of her school where they're painting a wall, and her uh, Rendell when he before he's murdered in that first issue is painting the oh, house, yeah. and, and it, so she has this ends up throwing up out the window out of her window. school. Well, and she also realizes there's something spooky going on because Bodhi does his... He's discovered that if he tries to go out this door uh, in, with the a, in black the house key. with the, the black key, he turns into a ghost and leaves his body. So he's trying to show Kinsey. And they she, think it's a weird game. Yeah, and she's just like... This is the third issue doing? of him trying to show people. Yeah, yeah. People and she just happens. like... And it's really cool. It's really cool pacing. There's like three pages of this whole thing and him just like laying there and her like coming up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Okay, I'm leaving. Okay, you're gonna like... Um, but he comes back and says... 
It's also funny because she's about she's about a half second away from trying it herself yeah. before he goes back into his body. Yeah, but he says um something's wrong, something terrible happened. He's telling mom about it now. The one whose name means born at night, and the, he's basically he's gone downstairs, heard the conversation she's having with the cop, and has come back. Detective Mutuku. Yeah, how is that how you say it? I think I I don't know. They never go into it. Mutuku. Although he is a great character. He's not in this that much. Um, not in this. So he he's. Back. I mean, he's not a major character, but he, uh, especially in the, in the fourth trade, is uh, you really uh, get into him and. and but this hot is Motuku hot action. Motuku action. <laughs> <laughs> this is where she kind of starts suspecting that things are. I don't know, like creepier. Like, how did Bodhi know the name of that character? That character. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, so we see her at school, the, the paint incident, she throws up out a window, and she has, like, a heart-to-heart with... Uh, her uh, track coach. Ellie Whedon. Yeah, name, name, name dropping. dropping. Hey, now. <laughs> but, and that's also yeah. when Ellie notices the, the bracelet that she's wearing. Yeah. And we get to see the yearbook. I love the reaction that Ellie has when she sees the bracelet, too. Yeah. The, uh, I can't even, like, I can't say anything, but, like, oh, my gosh. Okay. I can't wait. Now, now I have to. Everyone, we have to keep. But also, like, go back, go yeah. back to the the yearbook. Uh, so look, so they show Rendell's wrist, and he's wearing the same bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all it. That yearbook picture is worth coming back to. Well, yeah, I mean, like, they have all these characters. They name all these characters. Oh, wait, hold on. That's the person from the well, or that's someone. That person's face is the same face as the well person. Yes. So, I mean, that's a thing that I just realized. Yes. Jeremy won't say anything. That that comes into play in the second trade. Well, uh, it, it comes into play at the end of this, the first trade. Right. Well, yeah, because, well, I mean... Alex. Oh, right. That, yeah. that, the... Also, like, the thing was with this first, was like, oh, it's a first miniseries. It'll have a conclusive ending, and then I know it continues, but there's no way they were planning on a second miniseries. And then, on the very last issue... All this new shit happens, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay, uh, wow." Yeah. There's yeah. not much solved. Yeah, but um, I do like I do like that we get this sort of semi happy ending. But yeah. I don't even know if it's a happy ending so much as a turning point for yeah. her character. Well, it gives her enough strength. Yeah, because up to this point, she has been, been so scared, terrified. Yeah. yeah, and so you can just see her taking ownership of her life a little bit more. Yeah, and that, yeah. that that's happy. Yeah. yeah, I wish I had that. Ugh. Let's talk about my problems. <laughs> uh, they are nothing compared to this. Speaking of problems, uh, yeah, we're going. We're on issue Sam Lester problems. Four. Uh, yeah. So at this point in the story, I'll tell you, I really liked that we rested on this ending with Kinsey in the middle of the story because it really did feel like a good sort of resting point because uh, even up to this point, it felt like we were setting up. We were setting up, like, the meat of the second half yeah. Yeah. of the story. Like, you can just feel, throughout the third issue, after Sam after Sam murders the prison guard and escapes, uh, there is just a ramping, uh, an increasing amount of dread throughout everything in the story. And as we get to this ending, it feels like a good resting place. It feels like... Again, it's the pacing yeah. of this series that I love that Joe Hill thought, okay, this is the last this is like the the last best place for us to have this moment happen yeah. because after this everything <laughs> that has to happen w- it will seem so jarring. Yeah. Uh yeah. the 
the Sam is going across country yeah. in a truck, uh, giving out below jobs. To He's truck giving beegers. Uh, yeah. That was a, there's some reading so many Marvel and DC comics that I read. I forget that you can draw things like this. Yeah, which is just it's still jarring to me even no, as an adult. Yeah, it's, yeah. as it's an gross. adult when I see well, things like this, or even like uh, you see like nudity and it's like you're like oh. But uh, that should be higher on the shelves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, sir, uh, I, I remember when I like you first rarely... bought a, a Lady Death Strike like swimsuit issue. Oh, Lady Death. Yeah. Lady uh, Lady Death. Death. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lady Death. Why did I say Death Strike? Well, uh, de- like, you like techno bits on your legs. Yeah, Lady yeah. like that. Long and fingers. then uh, I was at Vampirella or something like yeah. that. Just being like very nervous going to the thing. Oh, but this. But you don't know what's going to happen with this lady. There was this great. It's worth mentioning now. Extremely late in the game. Lock and Key is a comic intended for a mature reader. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. When I was reading this, I do want to. I do wonder where does okay. How often does how often do do truck drivers want to get blowjobs from just anybody? I'm sorry. Is that how often does anybody want to hey, get blowjobs? Well, I know, job. I know. Hey, a hole's a hole, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, like I wonder. I, I want to know. Especially on the road, right? I'm Great assuming Orson this Wells, is man. based in a truth. It definitely is based in a truth. But I wonder, like, yeah. when did it? Definitely happens. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just like wondering when did fiction start co-opting this? Like, what is the? Because think about all the yeah, the, the poor uh, the writers that have to go on the road. Yeah, I think Jack Kerouac's on the road. Yeah, is where, oh, okay. is where we co-opted this. Uh, yeah. Well, also, I, you know, part of me just wonders, like, is it because, like, we as a culture have uh, vilified uh, gayness right. to where these truck drivers can't express their sexuality anyway? Well, I mean, this... Or is they just wanting blowjobs to get blowjobs? Well, like, this is know, like, I mean, Midnight the... Cowboy is, yeah. like, all about this. It's in New York, but there's no truck drivers, but, like, you know. Like a Midnight Cowboy. Uh, but and also that's just 1979. The panel of Sam wiping Special his broken. mouth. Yeah, after right. coming up for air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's also underage. Probably That's like 18, true. maybe. He's, well, uh, but then we get to see Sam's terrible, yeah, yeah. awful life. Yeah, again, and, and this is what killed me, is that we find out that he's... You think this guy is a monster. He's not. He's not, yeah. I love, he's a smart kid. He's just, yeah, I, I always love, like, especially with this, like, just giving that backstory that makes you feel sympathy for the bad guy. Yeah. yeah, giving some kind of context to like why they are who they are. It's the same. I mean, like, I mean, to a lesser. I mean, not to a lesser extent, but like, you know, why like shows like Mad Men or Breaking Bad, where they talk about like, yeah, it's like you should really hate these like characters, like oh, they're yeah. bad people. Yeah, but you can't help but care for them because you give them a context and you like you're invested in these characters. <laughs> you and show like, all sides of their life. Exactly. It's like because you show all sides of their life you show a very identifiable thing about your own life. Yeah. About, like, aspects yeah. of your own life that play into it. It's like, you could very well be these people. Yeah, you're so Like, close. I mean, there's no... I don't, I don't know, like, yeah, with, like, this thing... Yeah. I mean, like, we've all been part of, like... Not not to this degree, but, like, some kind of, like, bullying. I, I would assume we're in comedy, like, some kind of form of, like... Yeah, we all have issues. Ostracism <laughs> or, like, bullying. <laughs> and I think, like... Yeah, it's, it's in, like... Shitty childhood. It's just. None of you guys was captain of the football team. No, no. Oh, well, that's no. weird. Well, I was captain of the football team and the chess team. So <laughs> oh, yeah. that's like being a chess box. Yeah, <laughs> not not really. I, I was in marching. I was neither band. of those things. No. I was getting high watching Brain Candy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was uh, on academic decathlon. I dropped. That's... I dropped out to do place. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, your scarf. 
just fell on the ground. Oh, yeah. For Dr. Huskar. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, and so then we also see Sam's relationship with Ty's father with Rendell Locke mm-hmm. and how he sort of knew about where they'd yeah. be over the summer and, and that Rendell was trying to help Sam but was also really worried about his he, mental health. Yeah, he knew he, there, there was something going on. But while he's in Rindle's office... This is a flashback, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a flashback to when Sam was in Rindle's office and he looks at a picture of uh, key, the key house, right? Yeah. yeah. And in the window is the Echo uh, writing, help me. And, uh, and listen to Echoes. Echoes. Yeah. So things go downhill from there for Mr. Sam. Yeah, doesn't get does not get better for Sam. That's actually... No. Uh, that's actually the echo telling him to listen to the first Rapture album. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It doesn't have anything to do underrated. With yeah, yeah, because yeah, she lives in a house of jealous lovers. That's yeah. why. Yeah. But then we get the thing that they've been alluding to for a couple of issues now. That like yeah. in Sam's opinion, uh, Ty told him to do it. Which, Ty told him to kill his dad. Which, as yeah. we see, he does, but he yeah. does it in a very teenager uh, way. Teenager way. Yeah, it's yeah. A totally. But that's which we've probably all done. Yeah, oh, yeah, and that's that's the sort of thing now. that yeah. you realize. This is this is the hard way that Ty learns the power of words. Yeah, yeah. you know because you you let your emotions go off half corked, and you half-cocked. spout off half cocked. Yeah. yeah, half corked. I guess with half corked is like a wine bottle. I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, bad. yeah. Then you're partially drunk. Yeah. No, but you you go off you go off and run off at the mouth half cocked like this. There is. There are consequences yeah. to the things that you say, you know, and you have to be careful of what you say to whom. Right. Yeah. Um, so by the end of the issue, he has gotten on a bus. Uh, he well, he kills the, the the truck driver. Yeah, kills the truck driver. Which, yeah, I was asking for it really. Well, I I <laughs> Just I'm, 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 I'm super, I guess he doesn't have his license or he doesn't know how to drive. But I was like, why would he? Why wouldn't he do that before the blowjob? Yeah. But we, he's got to get there somehow. Yeah, I, I doubt so. Sam knows well, how to drive a truck. Yeah, I'll tell true. you, he doesn't. probably doesn't have a commercial class license, although he does drive the bus 10 miles. That's true. Yeah. Okay, uh, Joe Hill, not airtight. Uh, importantly, yeah, though, we, filmed, yes. <laughs> we, we also see him with, uh, with Rendell, yeah. a flashback to just before he shoots Rendell. From the first issue. Uh, and, and Sam is asking Rendell for keys. Yeah. And Rendell doesn't seem to know 100% what Sam is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing that there there's a theme that comes up that anybody and I believe this is the first place where it comes up, right? That anyone who is an adult uh doesn't because because of their adulthood chooses not to remember or understand the power yeah. that the lock house holds. Yeah. That there is this ability we, this is where we start to learn about the keys. Yeah. And uh, how they affect the house itself. Yeah. Uh, the last panel of issue four, uh, the last Ugh. page, is this harrowing page of Sam just driving the bus with a whole bunch of dead bodies behind him. Including... Is there a baby in there? Uh, well, it doesn't show it, but it's but, definitely implied being that that lady had a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. He, he straight up shot baby. Yeah. He pulled in a Robert Kirkman on us. Yeah, he put baby in that bus corner. Yeah. He did. Bloody baby in that bus corner. Sam puts babies in a corner. Yeah. Unless, uh, there would be great if, like, we just, like, kind of pan over just slightly and you see the babies just 
in one of the seats, like happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby's day out. Yeah, thumbs up. exactly. Yeah. Let's give it a thumbs up. Yeah. Let's follow. Yeah. It's like yeah. Joe Hill, we want to follow the baby. Let's follow the baby's adventures. He gives it to the that like uh, ship guy. Yeah, the the fisherman. But we can't follow the baby's adventures because we have issues five and six, which is the climax of the first arc. Well, immediately at the beginning of issue five, the bus is on fire. Yeah. So there is now now there is fried baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we did follow the baby. The baby got away. Is there there significance to the the, the boat's name? What is the name of the boat? Kelly Link. No, that doesn't stand out as me as a. I wonder if what's that? If that's his little nod to something. I'm sure it is. You wouldn't. Go to all the trouble of actually putting that on there. Yeah. Or maybe it was a uh, like Gabriel Rodriguez's friend. <laughs> um, but he's made it. He's made it across the country. Uh, and Bode, uh, Bode is now in the wellhouse, and he's starting to realize this echo of his that he thinks initially is his friend is not. No, they ain't buddies. Is not a not his echo, and b probably not good. Yeah. yeah. I like and the it, ET reference though. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bodie has some good, uh, good movie, uh, yeah. good movies to watch. Which I bought a ticket. Oh, Kelly to. Link is an author. Okay. I was gonna say, I'm sure it's a person. Yeah. Uh, All. Uh, oh yeah, in celebration of Ray Bradbury, author of three collections of short stories, Stranger Things Happen, Magic for Beginners. Huh. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Um, the panel where the Echo is crawling out of the well oh, was Bodie like. Turn about, around to talk to Kinsey, yeah. I think. Great framing. Yeah. Great. Great framing. And we know that the Echo can't leave the wellhouse, otherwise yeah. it will disappear. So, yeah, Rodriguez does really does a really uh, great job of controlling shadows and light. Yeah. In yeah. this series, throughout all of the issues, because even there, even there, as the Echo is crawling out, it's in complete blackness, uh, complete darkness, and just cloaked in shadow. And here's Bodie in the foreground yeah. with yeah. the sunset, just I feel like the hue just kind of sliding we, across we his also face. Also, get to see just based on the proportions of the echo getting out of the well that it is clearly not human. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is. Now you're showing this on the the iPad, but like in the actual trade, like I feel like the colors of warrant like just like deeper. Yeah, I think they really kind of like oh yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. show just that how sinister that. Is. And that's Jay Photos. Jay yeah. Photos is the colorist here too. Yeah, who so I think, good. Uh, good color. Definitely deserves credit. Yeah, A plus yeah. colorist. A plus. Uh, this I love that panel. Oh, of them going to. They're on. Yeah. The, uh, oh, Sam was... is on the boat with this this guy. He's he's commandeered his boat, uh, and the man oh. on the boat says, "So you're probably going to go to that island and shoot these people, but just like you're probably going to shoot me." And we zoom out to the widest possible shot, yep. and the bang. It's tiny. It's so tiny. Yeah. yeah. Which I feel like is just, that's that's how Sam is seeing this. Yeah. He's like, this is all so small. And then I yeah. think that is, is that is that a nod to his father, Stephen King, the uh yeah? Maybe. Or is that just a New England thing? Because I feel like I have read that uh, <laughs> read reaction in a Stephen King novel before. Uh, uh, yeah. A lot um, of uh, a lighter imagery, too. Right? Because he keeps the... the Man with the boat keeps trying to light his cigarette and right. finally gets them. But then it's come up a couple of times, right? Yeah. Already. Oh, yeah. Like lighters? It yeah. might just. Or. I don't know. Because I know it's in the next frame, but. Maybe I'm. Well, there's a lot of light and dark because there's the firefly in this issue. There's the lighter. There's a lot of yeah. shadows. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's a terrifying panel. Yeah, oh, the page man. Yeah, we all like, ugh. <laughs> uh, when the echo. Although I am a little turned on, though. Oh yeah, I mean, look I at that ass. Look, yeah, at, look at that I'm echo an, ass. Well, I am an yeah. ass man, so yeah. Um, I would. That's some Rob Liefeld proportions, <laughs> but done right. 
right? Like those legs well, are super long, but great. Yeah, but it's part of the extreme. Your oh, sets yeah, are right. low. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's because it was drawn by his his uh, evil twin, uh, Lob Wrightfeld. Lob, Lob, Lob yeah, Wrightfeld. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, this is the page where the Echo is covering up Bodhi's mouth and like shh, like shushing, him. shushing yeah. him. It basically makes a deal with him. Because it knows the echoes drawn. Sam here is like, I know Sam is about to go kill your whole family. Yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want me to stop him, you got to go bring me the he, the echo asks for the anywhere key, and yeah, yeah the the black and the black the gate? black the black key. Okay, uh, or okay. is that what? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I, I will say at this point in the series, nobody knows where that key is. The anywhere oh, well. key. Uh, uh, the c- key. Certain people. Well, the, we've seen the anywhere key. We have not even seen the black key. Oh wow! Um, nor will we see it for quite some time. See, I had thought. I had initially thought that the black key was the, the key, key. Was the gold, ghost key? Which oh, is what okay. I thought when I first read it. But it is in fact. Is there a, a handbook on uh, the keys? Later in the series, <laughs> each trade has at the end a guide to all known keys. Oh, oh nice! Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because uh, you, they're like towards the end of the series. There's a ton. Yeah. And you, and you also find out where all these darn keys came from. Oh no, those oh. at the end of the second. Uh, with Sam, the first person that Sam interacts with on the island though is Kinsey, which. This is kudos to pacing because they just spend an issue like building up how like, humanizing yeah, you her really relate humanizing uh, her and, and him and him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you see this happen, uh, also you know that Joe Hill's not going to pull any punches. So I was actually concerned that he would kill her. I yeah, me so too. too. I, uh, I, so that I totally that last yeah. panel, that last panel with the blood coming away yeah. from the flashlight, I, was, I literally uh, said, "Ah, yeah. shit." Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Don't kill her. Yeah. Uh, so then we see that Sam locks. Nina and Duncan, the two adults, uh, in uh, in a wine, wine cellar. cellar. By the way, I love the subplot too that Nina is turning into a drunk. Yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. which is slowly happening in the background of the entire series. Handled very well, incidentally, for the rest of the series. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, I love the Duncan because it's also a very human thing that yeah, Duncan Duncan is now living with his sister-in-law, and of course he's not just going to go. Hey, you need to stop drinking. Yeah. He's trying oh, yeah. to breach the subject. She blows him off, and he literally whispers to himself, "Grow a pair." Yeah, yeah, that's really good. It's it's also like an interesting contrast between you know that I'm sure that's probably happened a hundred times between Rendell and Duncan before, where like. Rendell was maybe doing something irresponsible. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Duncan yeah. didn't have the stones to say anything. I don't know. Has that happened? I can't say. He can't say. Ha-ha. Uh, <laughs> the man who knows too much. But then uh, Sam Sam's lo- Sam locks them in there and then then uh, makes the master plan or attacks Ty. Uh, Hell breaks loose. Hey, yeah. yeah. Hell breaks loose. Shit starts going down. Ty just... Uh, Ty gets knocked out, tied up, and drug, drug to the door... And there's a, a sort of standoff on both sides of this cellar door where Kinsey yeah. is laying bloody, Ty has a gun to his head, Sam's holding the gun, and demanding to know where the keys are, and, and Duncan like, and Nina on the about? other side with yeah. no clue. Yeah. Uh, they really play a lot of that off in the next issue, um, the, 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 the framing of them being on each side oh, of the I'd door. Oh, I loved this framing. Yeah. Especially yeah. especially back to back with those first two pages. Yeah, of like here's one side of the door, here's the other side yeah. of the door on page oh, issue right. 6. Yeah, it's really. Oh, yeah. so cool. Really yeah. great. Uh, I mm, uh, there's so much I could say about this within the context of later issues, but I won't because it, it it gets way too into <laughs> the mythology of the world, but That's exciting though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like that it's I, not on accident. I will say yeah. that like 
having read this deep in the series, to reread this was so great. And just to see the, the completeness with which uh, Joe Hill clearly set about writing these issues yeah. is fantastic to reread. I'm super excited. I, I have to I have to buy the trades because I don't own an iPad, and it's very hard for me to read these like on my regular oh, yeah. computer. Yeah. And I like to read like when I'm on the train, and uh, so I have to like kind of wait till I like have enough disposable. Even though it's twenty bucks, is like have yeah. enough disposable. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, sure. yeah. and that's I actually, I really do love like actually reading. Like yeah, the actual actual, trade, yeah, and they're like, good to have. It's like they're good great to have because, like, I do like. Going I will back have to, to say it. these are highly rereadable. I, yeah, IDW yeah. does a really great job with their print. I product. love it. I like love even it. the cover I has such a, a great yeah. tactile feel to it. Yeah. Finally remembered how I got it. My my buddy Mike, uh, my buddy Mike Young, was huge into these, and he's like, I can't believe you're not reading these, and he gave me the first trade, and that's it. And I, once I read that, I got them all. And was yeah, like, this yeah. is incredible. Uh, and then, uh, um, Nina is like, yeah, the keys are upstairs. Ty, take them upstairs where the keys are, which is basically where she has put her gun. Yeah, she, earlier in the series, she let Ty know that she had purchased a gun and she was leaving it in the drawer next to her bed. Yeah. Actually, she tells Kinsey that. Ty, actually, I think, at this point, does not know that that gun... No, 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 she comes in and says, I already told Ty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're, so they're going up there, (laughs) this is basically turning into, like, I don't know... A caper in a way. It's like there's like <laughs> secrets and like plans being enacted. And, but uh, in a, in another move that I really love from Joe Hill, uh, Sam does not let Ty get the gun. And in fact, Sam's gun has been empty this whole time. Yeah, yeah. And he, he now takes gets the gun. Now he which has which is a so much gun. more frustrating. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and Ty makes a run for it. Uh, more brawling. Uh, but then the big part is Sam pushes Ty out the ghost door. Is that yeah. what it's called? Ghost door. Yeah. Ghost door. So now um, Ty's a ghost. So yeah. now he understands what Bodhi's been trying to tell everyone. But Sam right. believes because oh. Sam was he didn't he doesn't push him out the door. He throws him into the door jam and begins to choke him to death. Yeah. yeah. So he believes that he's he killed Ty. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 Uh, and while this is happening, uh, Bodhi, having learned the anywhere key is in a bracelet, mm-hmm. takes the bracelet off Kinsey's wrist and brings it to the Echo, which is bad news. It's terrible news. Uh, yeah. Because um, one of the, as as we learned earlier, the only thing that can stop the echo is walking through that door. But yeah. now the echo never needs to walk through that door. It has the yeah. Well, but also and like at this point, this is the thing where I'm still, when I started realizing, oh, they're not gonna wrap all this up in this issue yeah. because at this point, Sam is such uh, an under like a, not a relatable, but like you get why he is the way he is. But he's also like. The bad guy. Yeah. Um, he's the one I, he is the one I'm terrified of. So far, the Echo, aside from helping Sam, I'm still waiting to find out how evil the Echo is going to be, and you don't really get but that this, in this issue. That is the greatest part about this trade, reading this trade. The, the Echo, um, who, for sake of convenience, because Sam does label her, her this earlier in, in the trade, his name is Dodge. Yes. Um, Dodge says... Uh, you think kids always think they're coming in at the beginning of the story, but oh. in fact, you're usually coming in at the end. Yeah, and like having read the other issue, it's like you like to see what happens in this trade is so frustrating. Knowing everything that ha- like oh, you know about the world now yeah. and how easily it could have been resolved. Like, oh, uh, no. but that's what happens when you come in at the end of the story, and like, and especially for Dodge, like. 
there's been so much happened before. This, like, yeah. it's amazing. It's yeah. um, like this is why I'm like, there's no way Joe Hill didn't have this whole story. Written. Yeah, yeah. Well, because like the crazy thing is, is like towards the end of the issue, the key comes out. What room is she? The, Check out she's the in wall. Kinsey's room. She's in yeah. Kinsey's room. Uh, and then she they rent they mentioned earlier that keys that some keys can like change your gender. They can put you anywhere you want. Like they can do right. all this stuff, and it she changes into a man. Yep. Uh, Which I am not excited about. Yeah. <laughs> because girl was hot. Yeah. I don't know. Girl 30. was fun. Girl was it goes fun. into, yeah, uh, the, yeah. I would have sex with that echo. So it was like, what? That demon what? echo. So yeah. It's amazing because that um, actually, that like comes up. Like, oh, it's. Uh, ah! okay, I can't even tell you. Yeah. Tell you. But it's then amazing. by the end of the issue, I mean, just like, we're going to cover everything up until then, but just. She turns to a man, and then at the end of the issue is them reintroduced as a student at the school they're going to. Which at the time was like, oh, well, now I have to read the second trade. Uh, 30 Days of Night. Uh, yeah, there's a 30 Days of Night poster. Yeah, love that. Love IDW, that buy that our products. Um, yeah. But uh, how does it get resolved? They... So, uh, so uh, Ty, based on what he knows about being a ghost from having heard it from Bodie, goes and like checks in on his mom, sees what... what oh, yeah. Uh, Sam is about to do and knows that if he flies back into his own body he'll wake back up yeah. yeah so he waits for an opportune moment flies back in and knocks Sam down yeah because Sam assumes he's dead yeah uh, then more fighting and then Kinsey uh, shoots Sam nearly to death yeah yeah. nearly you, to death Sam from. escapes the basement yeah does not escape the house no yeah because uh, he runs into Dodge Dodge still Dodge even though it's a boy now it's boy is, Dodge yes. boy Dodge Dodge Boy. Dodge Boy, I thought it that broke his neck, but... Does break his neck, but doesn't, doesn't kill, him. kill him. Doesn't kill him. That's the... Much yeah. the same way that Joker in The Dark Knight Returns breaks, uh, gets his neck broken, but does not die. Yeah. Um, but then, and then shoves him out the ghost door, does... And will, we don't know. I assume... Oh, uh, we do. We do. Gone. Oh, we do? Oh, I can't remember. He's just lost forever, right? Oh, like yeah. We yeah we get that he is now a ghost. He's a whisper. We do not know what happened to his body, though. Yeah. Because I don't think... They don't even, they don't, they don't well, even see it when they... This is... Um, that's coming up. Well, this is why he snaps the neck. Because now the body's useless. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but Dodge has plans for Sam as a ghost. Yeah, because uh, the last thing that Dodge says to him is, I loved you. Don't forget, I'm the only one that ever loved you, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, oh man, what a heartbreaking thing for this poor character to hear, too. Dodge is such an amazingly manipulative villain. Oh. Yeah. Uh, also, oh, shows up at the, uh, at Ellie, the, Ellie Whedon, the gym coaches, or track coaches' house. Barefoot, you walked all that way barefoot? barefoot? with blood on the hoodie. Uh, yeah. Dodge ain't walking nowhere. Oh! Yeah. Do we got a key? It's, it's very clear <laughs> yeah. that Ellie knows... Who this is? Well, yeah, this was a great lost uh, type thing because, like, I killed him. I mean, I killed your mother for you. It's really the least you can do. And it's one of those lost things, like you answered all these questions and you set up more questions. Well, but like, so this is where you flip back to that yearbook photo. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, as we pointed out earlier, this guy is in the yearbook photo. Yes, yeah. at that age. But at that age. Yeah. Yep. Ellie is also in that yearbook photo, but much younger. much younger. Yeah. Same. Same for Rendell. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's. Uh, I I noticed that the first time I read it, just because uh, Rodriguez's like character designs, the hair is so distinctive on those characters. Yeah, uh, is uh, so I was like, wait a minute, is that that same guy? Yeah, and it is. 
And then you see him... You see him coming back like he's a member of Sugar Ray. Yeah. Basically. What's even more tragic about this, too, is that this is the first time that we see Ty open up in the entire series. He's been in a funk for six straight issues. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, he's got a friend. And he's got a friend who just so happens to be the evil spirit that has been... Uh, Manipulating everyone yep. surrounding his life. Yep. We also time. see on a certain level that Bodhi might recognize. Yeah, he kind of like. Yeah, yeah he looks at them. They look at each other. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yep. Uh, and then at the very end, Bodhi finds what? And not just Bodhi. Another What key. will be called the head key. Yep. Yeah. And then it says, to be continued in Lock and Key Head Games, winner 2008. And yeah, it's like, oh, wow. Really badass. Yeah, but what I love too closure. about that final panel is. We we see in the in that final panel just how many keys there could possibly is, be. Yeah. Also, we finally see the black key. Oh, is that what the middle one is? The omega That's key. The omega yeah. Key, yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm trying. I'm looking at all the keys, and I was like. Looks like there's right, a that's there's a gender key beside the head uh, beside the seen. mind key and yeah. then one that looks like several rings. The Olympics key. I'm trying to remember what key that is. <clears throat> uh, that's the brass knuckle key. Yes. yes. Yeah, uh, these uh, I recognize on the on the left hand side. Yeah, the vagina with teeth key. Vagina with teeth. Uh, oh, the dentata key. Yeah, yeah. The vagina dentata key. <laughs> I know what key that is. Uh, what other what other ones do you see there? Jeremy's from? just rubbing it in uh, our faces. All the keys. A number of them I don't yeah. recognize. You know, there's plenty of story left to tell then. Frank, you recognize those, right? What else do we have then? Yeah, uh, well, we have the uh, flamey hand key. Flamey hand key? Yeah, flamey yeah. hand key. We have the candlestick key. Oh, yeah. Uh, then, yeah, uh, we have the. Uh, oh, there's death, the Riddler key. Yep, there's a death metal key. Oh, death metal uh, key. There's a Pictionary key. Ooh. Uh, there's a slightly gremlinish. Is that key. a Tom Servo key? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a uh, a poster uh, that every college kid had in their dorm room, black light key, uh, <laughs> black light key? with the yin yang. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for reading this. This was a this was a book that me and Matt had not read before, right? Yeah. This is a this is sort of a reversal reverse, of fortune yeah. for the show where we had not read the story, but you guys had. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope I didn't give too much away. Absolutely no, not. If enticed. anything, you intrigued us so much more. It's, I really, yeah, I can't stress enough how what a satisfying arc it is. And clearly, he had the whole thing. Yeah, like to get. I'm the last six issues are still kind of because he's he stated it's going to be three, you know, six six issue arcs. Yeah, and so there's one final six issue arc, and like. The point you're at at the end of the fifth trade is you're just like, Wah! yeah. So oh. there's gonna be wait, how many trades like in total? Like six. Six. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. a nice tidy run. Yeah. So Frank, as a as a sort of lapsed slash non comic reader, right? Um, what uh, what takeaways do you have from from Lock and Key? I I, I love it. Uh, I'm glad it was recommended to me. Like I said, it takes kind of like I, I, it, it. I don't read much these days, uh, which is sad, but like. Uh, to have something like this, because I, I, my, my knowledge of comics is just like in elementary through high school, which I, I read the X trades. Oh yeah. Basically, or not X trades, but yeah, the X titles. And then I read, uh, Superman and Batman and then occasionally like, uh, the Max or like Hellboy. Like those were like my 
comic books, and then so like after in college and stuff, I lost everything until like uh, you know I met Brett, and then like he would recommend yeah. stuff to me, and I would read like little bits and like Astonishing X Men. I would yeah. read. I bought those trades. I read that. I read Fables up to a certain point, and then like um, I read a lot of Fables. Yeah, yeah and it, that didn't really quite resonate with me. Fables, yeah. and uh, but then uh, when Kevin Hines recommended, uh, you know, Criminal the Brubeck, uh, oh, yeah. Brubaker, uh, like I think um, I said Brubeck, like the, the jazz artist. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, Brubaker, like the um, a criminal. Like I love those, and so like when Jeremy uh, recommended this to me, I was like, well, I have to read it because. I, I take that. I don't take that to you know. I, yeah. I take, I take that very seriously. Yeah. And uh, I was very glad because it has all the just like I was talking about earlier, just like the tone and everything. It's just like it's right up my alley. I I that's why I I recommend it so strongly specifically to Frank because it it's scary. It's got your classic horror elements. It has your classic like teen movie elements. Right. I feel yeah. like there's a lot yeah, of great yeah. coming of age stuff, especially coming up. Uh, it, uh, trade two is especially like you really get a mm-hmm. lot of the those characters. Yeah, I really loved. I just finished trade two, and I really loved everything about the, like when they explored the the head key. It's just like yeah, that that is an also trade two when they start using the head key is one of those signs where you're like Gabriel Rodriguez's art <coughs> yeah. is incredible. Yeah, man, what a. What a great team. What a great writer and artist team. Firing on all cylinders. Um, It does not feel like there was... If there was, it certainly doesn't feel that way in the final product that there was any miscommunication between the two. He's not... uh, Gabriel Rodriguez is not American. Right. I believe he lives somewhere in South America, and I'm blanking on what country. Uh, But was a very committed artist, and I, I think Joe Hill sought him out for this project. Oh, wow. Uh, just liked his style very much. And I think they must have just talked a lot about how it should look and feel. And they really did achieve, like, it's so consistent from the beginning to the end of, like, just the character looks. And and the house itself is, like, sort of its own character. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a thing. Um, it's, It's difficult, especially with architecture. You know, you know, you get a lot of people in Avengers Mansion and a bunch of different people drawing it. Yeah, that's always annoyed me. Yeah, Yeah. like, it it doesn't seem like there's any consistency, but with something like this, the Lockhouse has to have a consistent architecture, and it really does seem like it has great sense of space. Yeah. 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 And it only gets, yeah, it only gets better. By the way, go on YouTube and type in Lock and Key, and you'll see the trailer for the Fox pilot that didn't get picked up. Which, if you've read the first trade, wouldn't spoil anything or anything. Yeah, because it's literally the whole... The, the full first, yeah. Is oh, the, cool. Is the trade. pilot the first trade? Or like, was it going to be the, like, were they going to try and do all this in an hour episode? Or? I, I think know, it was, like, a maybe lot. a two-hour episode. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be, like, if it got picked up, it would be, like, the introductory. You know how, like, they, yeah. like, you know, like, the introductory. Uh, yeah. But, like, it it looks interesting, but a part of me is actually happy it didn't get picked up. Yeah, yeah it feels I don't like on think, Network there would have been... Yeah, Network, like, I don't Fox. think it... If it would have, yeah. like, maybe gone to, like, uh, like... HBO, uh, AMC, or FX, like, maybe... But even then, yeah. like, you saw what, like, AMC has with, like, Walking Dead. It's not quite... Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've changed a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. they still... But it's I'm fine not... with them changing things in Walking Dead. It's just I don't think it's written well. <laughs> well, so that's when they mine. got rid of Darab... Uh, oh, well, never mind. Yeah. We won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. D- different that's podcast. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, but thanks so much, guys. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any... What's your, what's your, pl- what's your plugs? Have you got any plugs? 
Well, you can see both of us on Herald Night. Uh, just and that is that is when uh, Tuesday nights at the UCB Theater in Chelsea, in here in New York City. Uh, check out uh, UCBTheater.com uh, for the schedule. Look for Bucky. Yeah, that's our team, Bucky. That'll be yeah. Frank and myself. Uh, I am part of a sketch group by the name of Onassis. And Great sketch group. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, we, we perform, uh, the schedule's a little different, but like if you look on the UCB schedule, we're usually the first Monday of every month, although that might have changed a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we, we're working, we, we are currently working on a web series for College Humor. You could actually go to onassiscomedy.com to see some of our stage sketches and some other stuff. And yeah. you can like us on Facebook. Ooh. Yeah. Anything else, Jeremy? Oh, Jeremy's in an amazing web series. Oh. Hello. 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 Sorry. Look out. No big deal. Sebastian. Guys. Um, wrapping up. How's y'all's casting? Great. Cool. We be casting. We be casting so hard. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back and do it. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's in a great web series called Quest for an Unknown Planet. That's right, which uh, Brett makes you make a guest appearance in, right? No, I was never asked to do anything oh, with it. Uh, right. So, if you want to get a petition going... Uh, <laughs> uh, co- co-written and directed by a uh, friend of the podcast, Curtis Rutherford. Who you yep. heard on the Spider-Man Origins episode with Katie healy Worsberg. Yes. In fact, uh, we just shot series. a new episode on Sunday. Very exciting. Uh, it should be very funny. It's the director's commentary. Episode. That's. I was wondering what you guys were doing. I saw that on Instagram over the weekend. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, uh, I was very excited. Yeah. Uh, you can see that. Was it qfalp.com? Yeah. Q-F-A-U-P.com. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can we make that more complicated? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's part of the joke, but it also is problematic in real life. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, and you can see Matt and myself. Uh, Thank you, Robot. We're our improv group on third Friday of every month at Under St. Mark's. Yes. 10.30 p.m. Yes. Uh, oh, well, no, I guess that would be including this past Friday. Uh, yeah, I was like, I wasn't sure where this was coming out, so I was like, I yeah. This yeah. <laughs> so thanks so much, guys. Uh, as always, you can go to mattandbreadlovecomics.com where you can see all of our past episodes. Uh, you can also leave comments. You can like us on Facebook from there. Go and check out the past episodes. We have uh, Daily Show Writer Jubin Parang talking about X Force. We have uh, 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 Late, Night, uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon writer Brandon ben- Apple. Benjamin talk- Apple. Brandon I always do that. I, I'll, I'll oh, redo Brandon, it again. I yeah. went to high school with a dude named Brandon Allen. Oh, okay. So I oh, always wait, fucking did, do what that. Did, what did Benjamin talk about on the show? The Goon. Oh, uh, really? Oh, the Goon. Oh, nice. I gotta listen to that. Or you could go back and listen to our episode with Late Night with Jimmy Fallon writer Benjamin Apple, yeah. where we discussed uh, The Goon, yes. one of my Eric favorites. Powell, what happened with yeah. that movie? Um, it is technically still looking for financing. You've seen like the teaser trailer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's so oh, my man. favorite art ever. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's so good. Eric we talked about that one. Uh, Benjamin uh, and Nicole Dressel were on that episode. Mm. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, also, you can see our comic book celebrity episodes with Chris Robertson talking about his book *I Zombie*. Ryan Segman Ooh. talking about Daniel Klaus's *The Death Ray*, Ooh. and Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, Marvel Comics writer, talking about *Planetary*. Oh, uh, nice. Those back issues are good to be readings. Uh, good to be readings. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Brett White. You can ca- follow Jeremy on Twitter at, at Jeremy M. Bent. That's right. And Frank on Twitter at 
Frank Hell, H E J L. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt on Twitter at the Matt Little. Yes. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, please get in touch with us. Otherwise, we will see you next week. This is Matt. And this is Brett. And we love comics. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Two in a row. Thank you. Thank you.